You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. Arizona has Tommy Lloyd as their head coach now. UCLA and Gonzaga aren't going to play this year anymore, but they are still going to play Washington. Either way, there is a lot of Gonzaga Pac-12 connections going on in this offseason, and there's no better place to get all your Pac-12 conference news than the Locked On Pac-12 podcast hosted by Cindy Robinson. Follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Wednesday, May 12th, and Adam Morrison's podcast with Mark Few drops this morning. I think it probably is going to end up as the most open interview that Mark Few has ever given, and I can't wait to listen to that. But enough about Adam's podcast. Let's talk about this podcast. Today, we are talking about pro Zags and recruiting once again. It was a very busy day in the NBA and also overseas for former Gonzaga players, so we're going to catch you up on everything going on on Tuesday with them, and then we're going to finish the show with the number 21 recruiting class in school history. It includes two freshmen who transferred out after a year, and then one guy who hit one of the most memorable shots in school history, and then probably the best walk-on story uh, in Gonzaga history as well. But we're going to start today with some news and notes from Tuesday. Mick Cronin said on Tuesday night that the Gonzaga-UCLA rumored match that they tried to make work is no longer going to happen. Uh, Mick Cronin said that they were looking for dates in December, UCLA did not have uh, dates that matched up with Gonzaga's, and so they are not going to be able to play that game. I don't understand or know why they can't play the game in November, but I am not in the scheduling no. So uh, either way, Gonzaga-UCLA not going to happen this next year. It's possible that happens the year after, but obviously the luster of this past Final Four will be gone by then. Gonzaga, without UCLA and without Arizona now, uh, it looks like their biggest non-conference games are going to be Duke and Texas for sure. Texas has reloaded now that Chris Beard is over there. They're also facing Texas Tech and Washington, and then they've got a four-team tournament in New York City that includes Providence, Oklahoma State, and Louisville. So they're still going to have some decent games. Uh, They're probably going to try to pick up one more marquee game but Gonzaga UCLA was going to be about as marquee as it gets considering they're both going to be in the top five potentially even the top three to start the season and that would have been an exciting uh, first two-month kind of game some very sad news out of high school is that Caden Perry is officially done for the year with his back injury he suffered a back injury about a week and a half ago in a game he did not come back he had to be helped off the floor he did not come back in the second half of that game and as coach Manny Mello said that he is officially done for the year he's still at home recuperating uh, which doesn't sound very good so hopefully he can um, you know kind of rehab and recover and hopefully he's ready to go by the fall and this isn't a super major thing but you never know with back injuries back injuries are about as bad as it gets. Um, you can ask Shema Karnowski about back injuries. It ruined an entire season and almost his career. So um, thoughts and prayers for Caden Perry. Hopefully it's nothing major and he could be ready for uh, the winter. Gonzaga baseball, like I mentioned yesterday, is going to return this weekend. They're playing three games at uh, Portland. But on Tuesday, Oregon's manager said that they are trying to reschedule 
um, some games that they lost with Gonzaga. They were supposed to come to Spokane earlier in May, and then Gonzaga was supposed to play two games in Eugene, uh, actually Tuesday and Wednesday of this week. So those games obviously got canceled. So there's three games that Gonzaga was supposed to play Oregon baseball this year, and all of those have been postponed. Hopefully they can pick up one or two of those. Like I said, Gonzaga is supposed to play at Portland this weekend, so it would make sense that they can just kind of travel over to Eugene and play a game or two, maybe Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of next week uh, before Gonzaga comes home and plays San Francisco. So we'll keep an eye on that. Oregon is a top 10 team. I believe they're ranked ninth in one of the polls that came out on uh, Monday. So a huge game if that game were to happen. Two top 25 teams. Gonzaga is still ranked in the top 25 in a couple polls despite not playing the last two weeks. Uh, and we'll have more on Gonzaga's series coming up with Portland on Friday's episode. Speaking of Portland, let's talk about Portland basketball. They picked up a transfer named Moses Wood off the transfer portal. He has played for two different schools. He started his career at Tulane and averaged four and a half points as a freshman at Tulane. And then he transferred uh, to UNLV. He redshirted a year in the 1920 season. And then he averaged 22 minutes this past season for the running Rebels. He averaged six points and four rebounds. He's a stretch big. He's about 6'8". Uh, he, he's from Reno. And so uh, Shante Leggins is bringing him into the fold at Portland. The Pilots are obviously rebuilding their entire roster. Most of their team went into the transfer portal According to verbalcommits.com, it looks like they've got 10 scholarship players currently after that ad. They've got a couple JUCO players. They added uh, three players from Eastern Washington. They got uh, three freshmen coming in. So just a kind of a hodgepodge of players. It'll be interesting to see how Shante Leggins puts them all together on the court when November rolls around. And then one last thing from the transfer portal is that BYU is in the market for another guard. They've struck out on several, and now they are in the top five schools for Tejon Lucas. Started his career at Illinois. He played two years for the Illini, transferred to Milwaukee, sat out a year for his redshirt season, and played the last two years as a starter at Milwaukee where he averaged just under 15 points both years and six assists. So a really good 6'2", 185 guard, uh, can score the basketball, can dish it a little bit, and BYU, as I've mentioned many, many times, desperately in the need for a guard. Alex Barcelo still has not made any decision. They've struck out on every transfer portal of guard they have gotten, so now they are in on Tejan Lucas, and we'll see what decision he makes. Okay, coming up, we recap a very busy day of basketball for NBA Zags, and also for two overseas Gonzaga players who had big-time playoff games, plus an update on Silas Melson, who I forgot to mention yesterday. All of that coming up in just a second. But first, of course, I have to tell you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate and all bars. I mentioned that I got a mixed box recently in the peanut butter brownie. Absolutely delicious. Highly recommend. If you don't want peanut butter brownie, listen to some of the other amazing flavors that they have out right now. Salted caramel, coconut almond many, many others. And if you aren't sure what you want, you could do what I did and get a mixed box with multiple flavors. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They are great for the health conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most bars have 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs. So go to builtbar.com, Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. 
Okay, it was a very busy Tuesday for former Gonzaga players playing professionally. Let's start in the NBA and let's start with DeMontis Sabonis. He came into Tuesday night uh, averaging 26 points, 15.3 rebounds, and 10.5 assists over his last six games. Per Stathead Spanfinder, which is the basketball reference page, only Oscar Robertson, Wilt Chamberlain, and Russell Westbrook have had six-game spans averaging 25, 15, and 10 in the history of the NBA. So you can add DeMontis Sabonis to that list. And then he followed up all of that on Tuesday night with another triple-double, the ninth of his career. He had 16 points, 13 rebounds, 15 assists in just two turnovers. He shot seven for nine from the floor, two of two of deep. He was a uh, plus 16 in the plus minus category, and the Pacers beat the 76ers, who's one of the best teams in the East. They did not have Joel Embiid, but it's still a really nice win for Indiana. The Pacers have now officially clinched a spot in the play-in tournament, and with the Hornets losing two games in a row, they are actually tied with Charlotte. Uh, at 33 and 36 for that number eight seed. And I've said many times, there's a big difference between having the number eight seed and the number nine seed. So they are tied with Charlotte at the uh, number eight spot and the Wizards at the current 10 spot are one game behind them. So still a lot to be determined uh, on who faces who in that play-in series in the Eastern Conference. If we move over to the Western Conference with Brandon Clark, the Memphis Grizzlies absolutely smacked the Dallas Mavericks last night, 133-104. to The Mavericks, also one of the better teams in the Western Conference, they held Luka Doncic in check, and Brandon Clark had a very nice game off the bench. He had 14 points, 9 rebounds, 5 offensive boards, 2 assists, 2 steals, a block, no turnovers, plus 24 while he was on the court, and he did all of it in just 19 minutes. And the nice thing is that it was a blowout, so Killian Tilly got 15 minutes of playing time. Uh, he had three points. He hit a three. He was one and one from deep. Grabbed a rebound, a couple assists, had a block. Uh, no turnovers for him. So a nice showing from Killian Tilly. He hasn't played in a little while, so it was nice to see him get back on the court. The Grizzlies remain half a game behind the Golden State Warriors. Uh, both of them are locked into the play-in series. The uh, Warriors, uh, it, was, it was assumed that the Warriors would lose at least one of two of their last two games. They played the Jazz and the Suns, the top two seeds in the Western Conference. Turns out the Warriors beat them both. So the Warriors remain in the eighth spot. Grizzlies remain in the ninth spot. They're half a game behind the Warriors. The Warriors have two games remaining. Memphis has three games remaining. And the final game of the season is actually Memphis versus Golden State. So in all likelihood, the winner of that game probably gets the eight seed and the loser uh, gets the nine seed. So it'll be interesting to watch that game on Sunday afternoon. We go overseas now. Like I mentioned yesterday, two playoff games for former Gonzaga Bulldogs. We'll start with Nigel Williams-Goss, uh, who played at 7 a.m. this morning. And his team... Uh, Locomotive Kuban, I'm probably butchering that, but they're, they're, that team won 89-80. to 80. Nigel Williams-Goss had 20 points and 11 assists in Game 1 of that playoff series. I believe it's a best-of-three series, so they're up one game to nothing. Kevin Pangos is also playing in that tournament, and uh, their, their team is the number one team in the tournament. Kevin Pangos had 17 points and 8 assists, so two huge games for Nigel Williams-Goss and for uh, Kevin Pangos, and then a decent performance from 
uh, Gino Crandall, whose team, like I said, is in the final four of May Madness. Gino finished with 20 points, seven assists, four steals, and six turnovers. His team, Leicester, hang, uh, hung on for a one-point win. Uh, they were up 15 in the first half. I think it extended to almost 20 at one point. I think it was 11 at halftime. And then uh, the, the team that they were playing fought back, made it a one-point game at the end. And because it is the British Basketball League, and this is all Britain knows, they play two legs uh, in this uh, tournament. And the winner on aggregate in those two legs uh, advances to the May uh, the May Madness Championship. So right now, after one leg, Leicester is up by a point. They will play on Thursday in leg two of their series. And I'll update you on Friday uh, on how that goes. And then I told you I'd update you on Silas Melson because I forgot to mention him yesterday. His season is just wrapping up in Belgium, uh, the regular season is. He finished second in the league in scoring with 17.5 points a game. Uh, he played 21 games. He averaged 30 minutes, averaged 17.5 points, three rebounds, two assists, shot 39% from deep. And a couple nights ago over the weekend, uh, he put up a 27-point performance, and he only missed two shots. He was 10 of 12 from the field, 4 of 5 from deep, 27 points, just two turnovers, a couple rebounds, a couple assists. So Silas Melson tearing it up over in Belgium. All right, that's going to do it for professional zags. I think this is just becoming a daily segment at this point because there's so many uh, players both in the playoffs in the NBA and overseas. So I'll continue to update you on all of those guys on a daily basis here. Coming up to end this show, we are going to reveal what I believe is the third worst recruiting class of the Mark Few era. So for those of you keeping track at home, that is the 21st ranked class out of 23 uh, of the Mark Few tenure in Spokane as we count down from worst to best. And so we'll get to that in just a minute. First, a minute to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. The NBA and NHL are approaching the playoffs, so it's the perfect time to get in on the fun, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code Locked On. Okay, we finished the show today ranking another recruiting class. Just a quick recap for those that are new here just tuning in. Over the next month or so, we are counting down from the worst recruiting class to the best recruiting class of the Mark Few era. These rankings do include transfers. Those transfers count from the year they entered the program, and the most notable walk-ons are also included. These are my own personal rankings. Feel free to debate them all you want, uh, but they're a combination of talent, success, and then what the overall group meant to the Gonzaga program as a whole. The plan is to go through each player, give their own impact at Gonzaga, give the classes impact at Gonzaga, and then talk about where each individual player ended up after Gonzaga. So yesterday was the class of 2013 that was saved by Kyle Wilcher. It was a terrible freshman class saved by a transfer. Today, the 21st ranked recruiting class is all freshmen, and it is the class of 2008. Without looking, can you name the four freshmen that came in in 2008? I'll give you five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Grant Gibbs, Andy Poling, Dimitri Goodson, Mike Hart. 
That is the class of 2008. Two guys, let's start with Grant Gibbs and Andy Poling. They redshirted in that 2008-2009 season. Uh, that was the year Gonzaga went to the Sweet 16. More on that in just a second. Uh, but those two guys could not get playing time on a fairly loaded roster, so they ended up redshirting. And then they played in the 2009-2010 season. Andy Poling ended up transferring in the middle of the season. Grant Gibbs transferred at the end of the season. So both of them played one full season, actually half a season in Poling's case, uh, for Gonzaga before going on to greener pastures. Andy Poling, he was six foot ten. He was a top 150 recruit coming out of high school. Uh, he only played five games for Gonzaga before transferring to Division II Seattle Pacific, where he ended up finishing his final two seasons there. He averaged 15 points as a junior at Seattle Pacific and then 10 points as a senior at Seattle Pacific. Grant Gibbs was a really interesting player. He uh, was one of the ones, you know, most of the time when Gonzaga players transfer out, um, you know, fans and and coaches don't seem to miss them a ton. Um, you know, they were just, the, the program had either gone or grown too much for them or they had been recruited over. They simply weren't getting any playing time. Grant Gibbs turned out to be a pretty darn good player. Um, not as good as, say, like Ryan Spangler, uh, when he ended up transferring. But Grant Gibbs was a good player for Creighton. He started 99 games his final three years for Creighton. Uh, averaged, you know, seven or eight points, but he became a lethal three-point shooter. He shot 39% as a junior and 43% as a senior uh, for Creighton. Uh, dished the ball a little bit, too. He had five and a half assists and four rebounds as a junior. So he was a good player for Creighton. They, Gonzaga definitely could have used him at some point in the future, um, but he decided that he wanted to leave. And uh, he actually is, he played two years overseas, and now he is an assistant coach for Oklahoma City's G League team. So shout out to Grant Gibbs. And now we talk about Mike Hart, because he also redshirted uh, when he came in. He was a walk-on, but they allowed him to redshirt in that 2008-2009 season. And then, uh, you know, he was kind of an end-of-the-bench guy in the uh, 2009-2010 season, maybe a little bit more in that 2010-11 season. And then he started to actually become a player in that 2011-12 season. And then by the time 2012 and 13 rolled around, like he was a starter and he was huge for them. Uh, I mean, he never really was a scorer, but he did everything well. He's an unbelievable defender, great rebounder. I think one of the coolest moments uh, very, very underappreciated. I don't know if anybody even remembers it, but um, the McCarthy Athletic Center gave a standing ovation to Mike Hart for grabbing like three straight offensive rebounds and keeping a possession alive. Like that is the epitome of what Mike Hart was. And he was a huge, huge reason why Gonzaga was uh, ranked number one in the country in that 2012-2013 season. After Gonzaga, he spent, uh, I think he was Spent two years as video coordinator for Gonzaga, and then he moved to Colorado College as an assistant. Um, so he is definitely getting his foot in the door into the coaching ranks. So that's three players who all redshirted in that 2008-2009 season. You know who didn't redshirt in that 2008-2009 season? Dimitri Goodson. Instead, he did this. It's It's 
That's right. One of the greatest shots in the history of Gonzaga, Dimitri Goodson's floater at the buzzer to beat Western Kentucky. Uh, Western Kentucky's coach being angry at the end of that game never made any sense to me. I don't know what he was angry about. Uh, But anyway, Dimitri Goodson, one of the wildest athletic careers that you could really ask for, too. So he played as a freshman, as a role player. He was actually in on that possession. He's told this story before. He was in to play defense because Western Kentucky was down to that prior possession. And so um, they got a putback for uh, to tie that game. And Goodson just found himself with the ball in his hands. And he's like, all right, guess I'm going to go. And he ended up getting the winning basket as a true freshman. So pretty cool moment there. He started uh, 68 games as a sophomore and junior. Uh, averaged uh, right around five or six points. And then he transferred over to Baylor to play football. And I don't understand exactly how this works, but he was able to play three years of college basketball and also three years of college football. And then he ended up getting drafted by the Green Bay Packers, uh, where he played, I think, four seasons. And now he's actually a scout in the Green Bay Packers organization. So he went from one of the biggest shots in Gonzaga basketball history to meaningful college football player to meaningful NFL player, and now he's in the NFL as a scout. So a pretty crazy career trajectory for Dimitri Goodson, but I'm glad he's doing what he loves. So overall, as a class, uh, Dimitri Goodson and Mike Hart were obviously the uh, the two cogs that made that machine go. Goodson with one of the biggest moments in Gonzaga history. Mike Hart, one of the best glue guys and walk-on story in Gonzaga history. And then two guys, Grant Gibbs and Andy Poling, who just never got their careers uh, off the floor for Gonzaga. But Grant Gibbs ended up becoming a pretty good player after Gonzaga. So as a whole, not the greatest class. A, a couple decent stories and then two players who left early. Uh, but overall, definitely a bottom three to five class of the Mark Few era. Tomorrow, another recruiting class is revealed. And this, to me, is where it starts to get very difficult. Because tomorrow's class does not have any big names. And it doesn't even have a name like Dimitri Goodson, um, who is more or less a, a role player who doesn't score a ton, but still had one of the bigger moments in Gonzaga history. But this class does not have any busts. It's just three really, really solid role players uh, at their time at Gonzaga and then also a very notable walk-on. So it's hard to rank this group, but I would say without any major star power, they end up at the spot number 20. So tune in tomorrow to find out who that is. Don't forget, you can tune into the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Today, they're talking about a potential relocation for the Oakland Athletics. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can also rate and subscribe to this podcast, Locked On Zags. Please leave a review with your Gonzaga story. We are approaching Friday where I will read a Gonzaga story. And you can follow me on Twitter or send me those stories on Twitter at Escargo. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. If you want to email the show with your story, any questions, any ideas you have, feel free to do so. LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Wednesday. We will see you back here on Thursday morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.